Well, praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. It's a wonderful day to be gathered together in God's Word here in the book of Hebrews chapter 3. And we're, when we begin in just a moment, we'll begin in verse 15 and attempt to work our way out the end of this chapter today. It's been a great broadcast so far. I want to remind you that uh, uh, we have, through the last four or five years, taught uh, the entire book of Galatians it took a year and a half to get through it. The entire book of Ephesians took a year and a half to get through it. Uh, the, in, the entire book of Romans, and uh, now we're in Hebrews. So I would encourage you to go back and avail yourself to those teachings uh, verse by verse through the entirety of the book, all in the context of Calvary, all in the context of what the Bible is really in, you know, all about, and that is the righteousness of God. That is the context of the Bible. The Bible says that all of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. And that righteousness, the righteousness of God, is revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Yet the truth is the gospel, and the gospel is the truth. For Proverbs 12, 17 tells us that he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness, deceit. We can use God's word to put deceit on the table. We can use God's word to paint a picture of something that seems right, but is not right. The devil is a professional at it. May we learn the avenue of God's word, which is Righteousness. That's the avenue. All of God's words are in righteousness and His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Therefore, every word of God must be viewed through the gospel, faith in the gospel. Not just because I had faith in the gospel, but I must see each verse, how it pertains to Calvary, Christ in His sacrificial atoning work at the cross or it will not be applied to me. You see, the cross is the application, the place of application. The cross is what allows the Holy Spirit to come to apply God's words of truth to our hearts. There is no truth when it does not pertain to Christ. We need to remember those things. We've, we've allowed too many things to infiltrate the church, to milk everything down. We need, to, we need to think about these things. There will only be a remnant in these last days. The, Israel is an insample to the church. The New Testament tells us that. Not just the way they lived, but even what's happening to them now. And even at the very last moment when Christ has to come and save them, at that moment when they would utterly be destroyed if it were not for the Lord coming to save them. You need to think about these things. They are the end sample to the church for us to look at. And it's happening today. Same thing that happened to Israel is happening today to the church. And when Jesus comes to save them eventually, there's going to be only a minute remnant there that is saved. 
And they're going to be saved by recognizing Him and choosing to trust Him, believe upon Him as the one who died for their sins at the cross. That's how they're getting in, my friend. That's how you get in. Listen carefully. That's how you stay in. Not by saying that's what you believe, but by believing that. And when you believe that, that's what you're sharing, that's what you're trusting in, that's what you're teaching, that's what you're preaching, that's what you're all about. All the other benefits that come from Calvary, praise God, we can teach on them, we can talk about them, but what we are to tie them all to is Jesus, that means Savior, our Christ, and what He did to become that for us at Calvary. There will only be a remnant of the church saved in these last days. You and I need to wake up and we need to pay attention. We need to give ear to the truth and not just anything that's going on. We need to give ear to the one who speaks truth. I'm not talking about me, not talking about preachers. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. You will know those who were of the Lord in these last days. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. The righteousness only comes through the avenue of faith in the cross of Christ. So therefore, when truth is, God's word is used to, to put truth on the table for the people, for that is what the Holy Spirit is speaking. If the minister is hearing the Holy Spirit, then God's righteousness will be seen. That means the fruit of the cross. That means what God makes His people, ministers of righteousness, and that they bear forth His fruits of righteousness, that they begin to hunger and thirst for His righteousness, that they seek His righteousness before all things, before everything, above all things. And that's what they're found hungering and thirsting for. That's what they're becoming skillful in, Hebrews chapter 5. The word of righteousness. May we grow. May we be found walking in that place. In His righteousness and not our own. Come back to the cross. Come back to the way of righteousness which is a commandment of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15. While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation. We covered this a little bit in the last session. Let me make sure we get this, and I've mentioned it a couple of times. Today is all you and I will ever have. And you say, no, well, I'll have tomorrow. If, you know, and I'll show you tomorrow. I'll call you and say, well, here it is tomorrow. No, it'll still be today. And that is why the Bible says now faith is. Not yesterday faith was or tomorrow faith will be. Now, faith is or faith is not. Now, we're hearing from the Lord or we're not going to hear from the Lord because tomorrow doesn't exist at this moment. All that, that exists is today. Yesterday doesn't even exist. You can't go back into it. and You can't go into what we call tomorrow. All you have is today. The question is, my friend, will you become a part of the apostate church making excuses for why they're not hearing, why they're, they don't have to stay the way of the cross, why it's okay to mix a fellowship with, with those who've chosen not to go this way of the cross. Why, are, you, are you going to be a part of the excuse makers? It's all flesh. Are you going to choose to repent today and come back to the way of the cross no matter 
Who gets their feelings hurt over you following the Lord? Remember, the fear of man is a snare. That means it will hold you trapped. As we'll see in these Scriptures today, Israel feared death above fearing the Lord. And because Israel feared death in a land God had promised them, then they died in the wilderness when they could have lived in the blessing of the Lord in the promise. But yet because they feared death, get this now, then they died in the wilderness without the blessing. We're going to see that in the Word today and I hope you would really follow along with us today. The Lord will minister to you and I encourage you to help us get these truths out. Help us become students of God's Word in its proper context. Listen to those who are preaching the message of the cross. Don't give ear to those who are mixing. Don't give ear to those who, who, who have won the hearts of the people and now allow the mixture to come in. Don't, 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 don't allow yourself mixture. Don't, don't allow yourself to listen to these other people. People contact me all the time. So I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And then they tell me they're, they're listening to him and her and them and all. And I have to tell them, quit listening to all of them. If you want to understand the Word of God, you can't listen to 40 different people preaching in 40 different directions. You've got to find those preachers, ministers of righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says that we are able ministers, but it's we're only able ministers if we're ministering the righteousness of God. We're ministers of righteousness. That same chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, says not only are we ministers of righteousness, but we're ministers of the Spirit. That means those two things are tied together. If we're of the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God, ministers being led and empowered by the Spirit of God, we are ministers of His righteousness. That doesn't mean we say we are. That means when we expound on the Scriptures, we, we, we allow the Holy Spirit to bring forth a picture to show forth God's righteousness through the ministry of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. And men who say you don't have to do that all the time. Men who say, well, I don't see how you can bring that out in every scripture. Well, the Bible says we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, yet Christ is our life, yet the life is in the blood. People who say that are not giving themselves to this. They have not yet made the decision as the Lord drove me to in 2005 when I said, Lord, okay, Lord, I'll admit the cross is the answer. The cross is the answer, Lord. I was, I was frustrated, but I, was, I gave. My, I admitted, not just to, I didn't admit it to people. I admitted it to the Lord and myself. Lord, the cross is the answer. I get it. Okay, it's, it's where everything was paid for. It's, it's where all the, because of that, all the provision comes. But how am I going to preach this message the rest of my life? And I was sincerely saying this to the Lord. I, I get it. I, I accept it. 
Because that's all the Lord's looking for. He's not looking for you to finally understand it and then say, okay, well, no, He's just saying, Lord, I subject myself to Your way of righteousness. I accept the truth that everything is because of the cross. My faith in the cross. But how am I going to preach that the rest of my life? From that day, be 16 years this summer, probably a little bit more than that, from that day till this, all I do is open the Bible and the Holy Spirit shows me Jesus. The Holy Spirit shows me the sacrifice of Christ in all the words of the Bible. In all the words of the Bible. And, and, and we do not just show how the Scriptures are about Jesus Listen, that, that, that's, that's been done in commentary throughout the ages. How you can buy books that are entitled Christ in the Old Testament and how this and all that depicted, showed pictures, portrayed Christ to come. But what's missing there, what's missing there is how it applies to your life today. I've said for years to my wife, how... Does the woman with the issue of blood have anything to do with me today? That was her then. I'm here now. How does that story relate to me? I see that Jesus healed her. But I can't touch the hem of the garment because He's not walking by there right now. My place of touching Him is through faith in what He did for me to be touched. See, that is not in the commentaries of old. It's easy to look back and see how David slaying Goliath was a picture of Christ defeating Satan at the cross. But hear me carefully today, and I didn't come to say this, but know this, unless I'm learning Romans chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 8, how the Holy Spirit works in my life, how those stories have an effect on me other than in my head today, will only take place by the Holy Spirit as my faith is in the sacrifice of Christ and He imparts the great truths of God's Word into my heart more than I know it and I can tell it. But now because I've learned Romans 6 that I've got to again today reckon myself to be dead indeed unto the sin nature so that the, the dominion of sin can't rule over me. The dominion of the sin nature can't rule over me. Until I learn that, it's one thing to be able to talk about how those stories represent what Jesus would do. But what does that have to do with us today unless we learn how they are applied to our lives I hope you're taking note of this today. I hope you begin to share this with your friends, co-workers, and families because unless we are learning how this is applied, these, these truths are applied to our lives, we're, we're just going to be ever learning but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth just like what Paul told Timothy. I don't want to walk in that place. I don't want any of God's people to walk in that place. I want to find myself in God's righteousness today and I want you and all of God's people to be found again today walking in His righteousness. That means I'm trusting in the work of Christ today. That's more than just relating the stories to Jesus. That's learning how they apply 
to me today in experience more than just saying God will open the Red Sea for me too. He will show up in the fire for me too. He will slay the giants for me too. But how in experience does that take place? Not by me declaring it, but by my faith, my choosing to trust in what Jesus did to be identified with me at the cross. That's where I was placed in Him, immersed into Him. Romans 6 and 3 tells us that. That as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Don't you know? Don't you know? This is what's got to be taught. It's, it's okay to... And we need to learn Christ from the Scriptures to know that all those words were pointing to Him to show up one day as the living Word to deal with our sin issue and to bring us into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. But how does, how does the Holy Spirit apply in experience all the great truths of God's Word? Through faith in the cross every day and that alone. Not in these programs and activities and events and conferences and all these things we drive all over the country and pay money every year for the golden calves that we've sold into for years. We simply come back to the very object of faith we trusted in that allowed the Lord to give us that measure of faith that we have today that keeps us from thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to, Romans 12, 3. And there's only faith in one thing that will keep me from thinking more highly of myself than I ought, and that's what Jesus did for me at Calvary. Not what I do myself, but what He did for me. That's the only object of faith that will keep me from thinking more highly of myself than I ought to think. Give that some meditation, my friend, and see what the Holy Spirit shows you. While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day that God's people rebelled against Him. He says in verse 16, For some, when they had heard, did provoke. And that means they rebelled. Howbeit, did not all that came out of Egypt come by Moses? Everybody that came out of Egypt was, was led out of Egypt by Moses. Moses was the leader of all that came out of Egypt. You got, I don't care if it was people who weren't Israelites who finally said, I'm getting out of here. Looks like we're about to lose everything. It don't matter who they were and, how, and when they left, Moses is the one that led them out. Amen. They sent, and I've already shared this with you, but I want to make sure we, we get it. I've got it in my notes here, and I want you to hear it. They sinned against God. They rebelled against God because they feared death. And they experienced death because they didn't want, they didn't do what He mandated. God offered them the promised land. He said, I've already given it to you. It's yours. They, look, they go look at it and come back and say, there's absolutely no way. We can't have that. Do you know 
The reason God calls that rebellion and great sin is because we're calling God a liar. We're call, and it's happening today by the drove. I can't live in peace. I, I can't ever have patience. I, I can't, the older I get, the worse it gets. Just wait till you get to be my age, son, if you think you don't have patience. All the, and these are comments by Christians. Can't live, for, too hard to live for God. Too, that's the evil comments that the spies brought back. That's what caused them instead of to live a life with the blessing of the Lord to live a life with the curse of the Lord. I want you to hear that again. That's what caused them to live in the wilderness and die in fear of death, to die in the fear of death instead of living in the land of promise with blessing. They feared death, so they died in the wilderness. If God's given you something, the Word says it's yours, instead of making excuses why it's not really for you, it's an evil report, and that's really with your lip hanging out and tears in your eyes, that's not humility, that's just the other end of the stick of pride. False humility. To try to look like I just can't live for God, it ain't working for me. <laughs> Listen, God ain't going to be pitiful on that. I don't care how much they cried and said, we can't take the land, we'll die. And all they were crying all this way and all this for nothing, out of Egypt for nothing. They saw the miracles God worked in Egypt. They saw Pharaoh and the entire army and nation of Egypt come to ruins. And yet they still said, we can't trust God in here now. That's evil. When God's promised us things that we reject and say, well, it ain't for me, you're going to die. You're going to die. Phys maybe not be physical death today, but you're already dead. Even as the church, I know the church bucks up and says, I ain't dead, I'm alive in Christ. Paul said as a Christian, when the sin nature revived, he died. Romans 7, 9. In Revelation chapter 3, Jesus tells John, the revelator, to write to the church in Sardis and tell them they've got a name that they're alive but they're dead. Church can be dead. That just means they're falling from grace. They're not trusting in the cross anymore. They did when they were saved. They had to to get saved. But now they're trusting in the words they give, the money they give, the programs they're in, the, the new fads that come out, all these things, the words they speak, the, 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 the little things we make up in our own minds. I'll do these three things and I'll walk around the house 15 times declaring this and I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. That's not the ministry of righteousness. That's not the ministry of the new covenant. That's not the ministry of the Spirit. Ministry of the Spirit. The new covenant is the ministry of righteousness, which is the fruit of a faith that's in what Jesus did, our King of righteousness, that work of righteousness, Isaiah 32, 17. They didn't die in the land of promise, but in the wilderness. They didn't experience God's favor in the land, but His wrath in the wilderness. If we're making excuses as to why we're not humbly dying to ourselves and falling in line with God's Word, God's wrath. God's wrath is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. All of it. It's revealed. 
God's wrath is against those who make excuses as to why they can't live for God. They can't give. They can't pray. They can't study. They can't be in a local church. They can't. Those are Christians who, just like days of old, are giving all these excuses as to why they can't. It's an evil report. I don't care how good you think your excuse is. It's an evil report. And most of what's called Christianity today is dying in a wilderness. I'm not happy to say it. I've been there. I've been there. But thanks be to God for that voice of that resurrected Savior that cries to bring us home back to the way of the cross, back to the way of righteousness. For some, when they had heard, they provoked the Lord. They rebelled. How be it? Didn't all those that come out of Egypt come out by Moses? But with whom was the Lord grieved for 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Now, I'm not really one of those preachers that, that think these, all these people that fell in the wilderness, I, I don't believe that they went on and made it on into heaven. Do you believe that Korah, Dathan, and Abiram in Numbers chapter 14 through 16, somewhere in there, rebelled against Moses and Aaron and the Lord opened up the earth and swallowed them up? Do you believe they went on to heaven anyway? These are people who openly, blatantly said God's a liar after seeing mighty miracles. And the greatest miracle of all, my friend, never forget, you've said it with your own lips, is the born-again experience. I want you to hear that again. These people of, of Israel, they saw things that eyes have never beheld and will never behold again until Jesus, until He came and worked the miracles He worked and until He comes back again. Eyes just don't see those things. God moving in a way that, that showed it was God and there ain't no getting around it. And yet they still said, God's a liar. God said He's given them the land. They can take it. They said they couldn't. God sees that as words of rebellion. God's lying to us. You understand that? Don't say you can't serve God because that's never the case. What's the case is always, I'm not going to serve God. And the excuses by the drove are there. I'm not being mean this morning, but I am loving you enough to let you know the way it really is according to the Word of God, which is always the way it really is. But with whom was God grieved? The Bible tells us in the New Testament in Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve Him. And some would say, well, see there, that uh, you're sealed until the day of redemption. Yes, if you hold fast that confidence and hope of that confidence you had at the beginning. See, the Lord's never going to leave you, forsake you, but what the church hadn't been taught in all these years is that you can leave and forsake Him. It's still a choice today whether you'll serve God or not, whether you'll keep the faith or not, whether you'll finish your course or not. It's still a choice. And I know there are more false ministers today than there are true ministers of God. Let me say that one more time. There are more false ministers today than there are true ministers of God. 
And I, I want you to grab when, when you start seeing the truth of God's Word, then you're going to awaken to the reality that most of what's called Christianity in numbers today is not even Christianity. Catholicism's not Christianity. Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, all those things, they're not Christianity. Christians are those who've trusted exclusively in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ because He's the Son of God that gave His life in the shedding of His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, period. Nothing else. Not that and. That and eliminates us from that altogether. We need to remember that. God was grieved. For 40 years they grieved him. 40 years. He, he's told us in this chapter earlier that they just would not accept his ways. They erred where? In their hearts. They rebelled against God. And they fell dead in the wilderness. I don't believe they made it to heaven. I don't believe. I believe they were cut off. But God didn't cut them off. They cut themselves off in unbelief. If you back up in verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Don't make things up about that, my friend. You can depart from the living God. You still have a choice. This is not mystical and magical and he just stamped you and now you can't get out and forsake God. That's a bunch of hogwash. It's not in your Bible. And there's a lot of people that won't even listen to me because I say those things. But again, it's the same people who said God wouldn't wash us away in a flood. We're not going out. We're sticking with our golden calf. Exodus 32. Who's on the Lord's side? One tribe out of all twelve. I want you to get that now. The flesh is very powerful. We'll make excuses, my Lord. We got more excuses than you've ever seen in your life. We got an excuse for this, excuse for that. We, got, we get down, man. We, my, I got a one-armed grandmama coming into the airport today with two suitcases. I, 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 got, I can't be in church. I, 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 we got more excuses, and they're justified by us, not God. But, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? It was with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. And to whom did he swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? See, they believed not. I understand the stories about entering into the promised land, but nevertheless, for 40 years they grieved him. For 40 years they rebelled against him. They did not believe him. They did not trust Him. That's not, that's not Christianity. And I know the devil speaks about right now, well, nobody's perfect. I understand that. We better be careful. We better be very careful. God's given us a picture of all that from the old so that we won't make excuses for sin. Jesus has died paid the ultimate price for us to be able to have His Spirit each and every day of our lives all day long, every day, to serve God without fear in righteousness and holiness all the rest of our lives. And it's not hard. 
It's the way of the sinner that's hard. We're going over a little bit in time today to get through this chapter. I hope that's okay. Just go ahead and finish your sausage and eggs there while you're listening to Brother Curtis this morning. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. You can't enter into anything God's offering through unbelief. Unbelief doesn't get you anything. Nobody in unbelief receives of the Lord. It takes belief in what God has said. That's called faith according to the Word of God. We enter into everything God has offered through faith. We believe what God's Word says. We struggle at times, but at the end of the day, we just believe God's right, whether we can understand it or not, no matter who's showing us things we've never heard before. We, we believe God's Word is forever settled in heaven. It, it is the lamp to our feet, the light to our path. It is right. Psalms 33, 4, the Word of the Lord is right. No matter if I think it's right, the Word of the Lord is right and all His works are done in truth. Whether I get that or not, it's still right and I'm wrong if I disagree. I'm wrong if I make excuses. I'm wrong if I try to change it. I'm wrong. God's Word is right and will always lead me right and will always bring the provision of His will for my life. God will never have to say tomorrow, if tomorrow comes, that, oh, wait a minute, turn around and go back. I told you wrong. No, God's Word will never do that. Stick with the Word of God. The promises of God are all, the Bible says, yes and amen in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. They're yes and amen. Do you need a promise today? I'm talking about the experience of it. Get in the Word of God. See what God has promised you for your today. See what God has promised you today because today is the day He's given you to hear Him. Don't harden your heart. Don't turn away. Don't depart from the living God through an evil heart of unbelief. But go after Him and what He's offering you through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Go after Him. Find a local church that's preaching the only avenue that you can be found going after Him and experiencing the things He's promised. And that's a church preaching the message of the cross. 24 years ago, the great second reformation began. The preaching of the cross as, as it pertains to our sanctification, our living in victory. Listen and I receiving all grace. You say, well, if, if all grace comes by faith in the cross, what was happening before we knew this? You don't want to know the answer to that, my friend. Look at Israel if you want the answer to that. Look at Israel if you want the answer to that. If we're not living by grace through faith, that only takes place when our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ, we're not living. We can run the aisles and swing from the chandeliers hollering Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But we don't know anything about life unless we're gripping the hand of the one that died for us, unless our faith is in Calvary. There will be a lot of Christians that won't look back with an honest heart and say, I've called a lot of things God that wasn't God. Oh, it felt good and it made me feel good and I thought it was right. It seemed right. But now what I'm hearing, apparently, it was not right because God only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4. 
Romans 8 and 2. Romans 8 and 2. It's been a great broadcast today, finishing up the end of this third chapter of Hebrews. Join us in the morning. We are returning. We've got a little bit left in our Second Timothy teaching, so we're getting close to the end. That one uh, to end of. To, to the end of that session as well and we've been off for two or three weeks with camp meeting and other things and so we'll be back in the morning at 9 a.m. Don't forget to tune in and join us. It has been such a tremendous blessing to be here with you this morning to have those soldiers of the cross and those others who are beginning to listen and, and beginning to understand the Word of God in its righteous context as the truth is delivered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What a day it's going to be today as we walk with Jesus and we hear Him today listening for Him, the guidance from that resurrected voice of Jesus that He speaks to us with, that voice of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the voice of truth. Today is the day that God has given us to rejoice and to be glad in it to hear from Him, to walk, and to move from where we are in faith to where we're going to be by the end of the day today in faith as faith comes by hearing and hearing by His Word. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, share these broadcasts in every avenue possible that you have. And don't forget to sow into good ground to help us reach further into this old darkened world and to call a church to an awakened place in God's righteousness. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. He loves you. And I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.